Welcome to The Culture Edit, unique perspectives into the personal and professional lives of individuals at the helm of successful business, athletics, art, and design. Welcome to The Culture Edit, coming at you live from sunny, beautiful Miami, Florida. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. We're lucky to be here. I don't want to leave. Rub it in. <laughs> I don't, don't want to leave. It's uh I mean, we've got several more days left, but just the idea of leaving is depressing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't sleep last night because I woke up at like midnight thinking about how sad I was to leave. I think it's also because your legs are destroyed and you're in pain from the half marathon you just did. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I was in a lot of pain between the toenails and the knees and the calves and the feet and the legs and the quads. <laughs> it's-, <laughs> it's a big day. Yeah, it was a big day. Every, every, we'll little that, every little touch hurts. Every little thing. Yeah. But Miami, you know, what I was thinking about, uh, I want to talk about, like, I is Miami, in my opinion, Miami is one of America's great cities. Yes. If there was a podium of America's great cities, mm-hmm. who's on your podium? Um, Definitely Miami is number one. On the really? Top, number top one? Step. Well, okay. Over New York. For, oh, be, yes, because I would never want to live in New York. Okay, but I'm I'm talking about just overall great city. Like, you have to want to live there to put it on your great city list. Well, I, I guess I. Uh, you okay. said you would live in New York. No, I would live in New York, but it would be really hard to live in New York during the winter because it would be really miserable and depressing. Yeah. Um, I could definitely live there in like the fall and in the spring. Okay. When it's nice, perfect. When it's per- okay. The, like I'm kind of that person that you know that rare person that loves nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> right, very rare. Um, so yeah, I would say I still put Miami on top. Okay. For Miami, my number one podium. Miami number one. Um, then I would put New York second place. Yeah. And I would probably put um Steamboat. Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As my third. Or maybe like Ketchum, Idaho. I don't know. Steamboat and Ketchum are kind of tied in my mind, but Steamboat has more options of like Ketchum. Okay, all right, all right. Let's let's change instead of where you would live, just America's greatest cities. What Top are we ba- what are we basing it off of? Like museums, culture, just everything. Well, I just gave. Why didn't you like my answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, gave, I gave you my answer. I just don't think you can, can compare these little towns to like to a big, big city, city like okay. Miami. So Miami, New York. I mean, I don't like anywhere in California. San Diego. I don't. I mean, it's okay, but I don't love it. No. Okay. I think people are really weird there. Yeah, that's true. No, it's no offense, Warnikeys. <laughs> they know the people are weird. Yeah, they, they <laughs> they're not natives. That. They're really strange people out there. See so your podium. Your podium is like the third place racer left before they they did that. They took too long to have the podium pictures, and the third place left. So now it's just just two New York and Miami. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. What are what are yours? Oh, maybe maybe it'll come to me. My third place. I'll think about it a little. Bit. I I don't. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that this morning on our ride. Michael and I did our ride at 6 a.m. because that's what they do here in Miami. I think. Which is brutal in the moment when you were trying to wake up and get out the door, but amazing when when you're done before 8 a.m. No, I'm like pumped every every morning. You haven't noticed how easily I wake up for this? Yeah. I'm like pumped to ride out here. Yeah. But if you did it every day, you'd probably get a little burnt out on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd go New York, Miami. I was struggling with a third, honestly. Atlanta? No. Atlanta. I mean, it's not. I mean, if you look at the list, it's like Chicago, which I've never been. You've never been. I've spent a lot of work time there, mm-hmm. not a lot of leisure time there. I mean, I think the pocket of Chicago, right, right there on the the lake, 
is pretty cool. So I can see that. I mean, I used to really but it's love so cold. I used to really love San Francisco before San Francisco oh, became the arm, the armpit yeah. of of California. Now uh, it's not even. But but like, it used to be amazing. Well, that's I the really funny part. I was love. I was looking at the list, uh -huh. and San Francisco is like on the top three. I'm like, when were these lists made? Because if you've been to San Francisco in the last three years, yeah, it's, it's gone from like podium to. It's actually pretty. Off the back. It's actually pretty depressing because yeah. if you remember like the good San Francisco and how amazing it was, yeah, to see it how it is now, it's just like. It kind of makes me scared of like how one city can change that quickly because it makes you think it could happen to your city. Would you put Miami on one of the podium of the top cities in the world? Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think so. Because so who is it? What's your top three then? In the US? cities you've been no world. That you've oh, been world. To. Um, hmm. It's hard to say like a city. I mean, I really love Barcelona because I think as a like massive city. Barcelona has everything. It has the uh, obvious, the city part of it. It has like the old kind of Gothic quarter, like history side of it with the really beautiful buildings and architecture. It has the um, beach. Yeah. And so you have all of that. So it kind of it's has- very much like Miami. Yeah, it's very, yeah. It has kind of the best of everything. Um, and then I would say obviously Paris, I really, really love, even though people like hate on Paris. I, I see so many people hating on Paris. Like, I don't know if this is a weird TikTok thing that I've just like gotten into, but I keep getting these TikToks of these girls that are traveling alone to Paris and they're crying about how, how rude people are to them in Paris. Like they're uh -huh. like American girls. And they're like, Oh, just people in France and Paris are just, it's so, uh, such an isolating experience. Cause no one will be talked to you or be friends with you. Well, and yeah. They don't speak English. Well, yeah, Unless but you also, ask them a question, then they can speak English. But also, like, I'm like, I think if you were to take that exact person out of even that situation and put them in another random city traveling by themselves, yeah, they'd probably have the same experience. Because, like, just traveling by yourself is going to be difficult no matter who you are. Definitely. It's not an easy thing. So I'm like, yeah. what did you expect when you went to a foreign country alone? They should try it in 1998 before the internet yeah, when I like, just had I a book. Yeah, I hate Paris. And I'm like, you don't hate Paris. Like, you're hating the wrong thing. <laughs> like you should hate yourself for not being better at traveling along. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I flew to London with a book. Yeah. Did I ever tell you this? They have these like giant let's go book. They're like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You that me. was our internet. We yeah. carried a book around and you landed and you gotta figure it out. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I say Paris is definitely on the podium. Okay. Um So did you put Barcelona on the podium? Yeah, yeah. Barcelona, okay. Paris. I don't know which is Miami? top. Miami. This is the world. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm struggling though. Because I feel like I do have to say somewhere in America because at the end of the day, America is really amazing to visit. It's very convenient. You can you can see a lot of different. Okay, yeah, so that's your I think podium. those are my three. What about you? I think Miami is, is on the podium. Uh, I agree with you, Paris. I struggle with Barcelona or London. I might put London. I don't think over. I've experienced London enough to um, put it on my podium yet. Yeah. I also, You've only been once. Yeah, I've only been once. Okay. So I, I just don't think I have enough experience. Yeah. I also really like um, places that are sunny and like I really love Latin and Spanish culture. I just, I love the music. I love the food. So I think that's why like <laughs> my entire podium is pretty much based around, I mean, other than, I mean, Paris obviously, but Paris has a lot of music culture too. It's, I don't know. I think that what's in common with all those cities is very lively cities and a lot of music and food. Everything's kind of focused yeah, around that. Yeah, the, the weather in London, I mean, it can be nice, but it's known to be quite gloomy. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Anything else? So you want to talk about how we got here and then we can talk about what we've done? Yeah. So, or what you've done? So we we're here for, as many of you know, here for the Miami half marathon. But before we get into how the half marathon went, let's talk about what led us here. We drove down with our dogs, got a Airbnb. So the whole family's rounded up, the bikes rounded up, the running shoes. Supposed to be a nine hour drive was a 12 hour drive. It ended up being a 12 hour drive. We hit some bad traffic along the way. Um, Really not along the way, just when we got to South Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was not ideal, but Brutal. we made the best of it. Yeah. <clears throat> we did stop at a Bucky's for the first time. First time ever. Ever. It was in Warner Robins, Georgia. Extremely overwhelming. Very entertaining. <laughs> when we pulled in, you were like, "Oh, there's like 250 people work here," and I was like, no, "There's absolutely not any way 250 people work at like, a yeah, convenience there is. store." And then we pulled in. I realized it wasn't a convenience. <laughs> it's store. like a Walmart. Yeah, it was like a Walmart. It's like a convenience store. Well, they, they call it a mega. I, we looked this up since they have attempted to trademark their layout, and they called it a mega convenience store, mega C store, uh, mega C store for Jacob. And um, yeah, I mean, we just walked in and were completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And the average, so the Bucky's stores obviously vary because there's different sizes. There's one that's seventy two thousand square feet. The one we went to wasn't that large. Um, I think I think that one is maybe in. Florida, there's a new one. And then in yeah. Texas is the largest one right now, yep. which is where they started. But Tennessee. The Oh, is it Tennessee? Yeah, yeah. But Tennessee. the average employee count is 200 per store, but that could go up to 300 at some of the larger stores. I didn't realize they, uh, they're they like cooking food. They've they have like got so different many stations, counters. They've got counters. a beef jerky counter. They've got a breakfast sandwich counter. they got a uh, peanut roasted nut station. I don't even know what it was called, but like the nuts were covered in sugar, that whole thing. Like five different types of sugar, and yeah, it was insane. It's incredible. And, uh, the coffee station, yeah, coffee, I mean, massive coffee station, slushies, yeah, everything you could want. Clothes, yeah. We didn't, we didn't apparel. really dig in deep <laughs> because we we're so overwhelmed, and we really need to just keep on moving. Um, but maybe on the way back, we'll try the barbecue because apparently that's what they're known for. Yeah, you got a cup of fruit. I got some beef jerky. Yeah, well, you know, marathon prep. Yeah. Um. So then we. Once we left there, that was kind of hold on real quick. Shout out to Bucky's. We do want to talk to you if you are interested in being a client. We would we, love. We're very interested in your business. Yeah, it's so, super cool, and and it seemed like they had a really great culture because everyone, all the employees, when you were in there, were seemed extremely happy to be working very. there. So kudos, shout out to whoever the store manager is in Warner Robins, because uh, you're doing a great job. Yeah, employees were great. Happy. Super very, nice, very happy and, and engaged. Yeah, helpful. Um, then we ventured down south even more. We stopped for lunch in Ocala, pulled off in an exit. We're like, oh, chicken salad chick. We've never had chicken salad chick either, even though it started in, I think, like suburbs. Atlanta suburbs. Yeah. Um, just have never had it. And well, it there was, aren't any in the city. Yeah. And, and it was all outside. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was. Really, really good. But when we did stop, I was like, wait, we've been to this exit before. Yep. And you were like, yeah, we have. And we I couldn't exactly quite. exactly what it is. We, at first, that. we were like, where? Are we? And then we realized it was the um, exit to one of the weirdest weddings that I've ever been to. One of? The weirdest there's, there's the weirdest wedding okay. <laughs> we've ever been to. I can say this now because I'm not friends with the girl. And yeah. I don't really, I really this don't This actually care. was the last time you ever This is the her. last time I ever talked to her. And it was weird for many reasons. But, but the weirdest thing about the wedding was that I got asked to be an honorary bridesmaid and i was like what's an honor like when she asked me we were like it was me and this one other girl she had like 15 bridesmaids two of us were honorary bridesmaids we'd never heard of this we had never heard of it and we've so, been i've been to a million 
family. Yeah, and I've been bridesmaid in a bunch of weddings. So I was like, well, this is weird. Um, so we Google it, me and this other girl, and it's like, honorary bridesmaid is reserved for like the aunt twice removed that no one cares about but needs to include. And I I'm thinking to myself, like, you really don't have to include me. Like, I don't care about this like redneck wedding in Ocala. Like, you don't need to include me. Yeah. But like, I felt, but what do you say? Like, no, I'm not going to be your honorary bridesmaid. So anyways. In hindsight, you would. In hindsight, 100% because they treat us like garbage. But we had all the responsibilities, like all the terrible responsibilities of being a bridesmaid. Like Like, being there all day. You got to be there all day. You got to wake up early. You got to pay for your hair and makeup. Like it's not like the bride was paying for us. So she wasn't paying for the hair and makeup, which would typically be fine, whatever, even though a lot of brides do pay for that. If you said you weren't going to go deep on this, but you're going. Okay, fine. Just real quick. (laughs) I'm I'm triggered now. I'm like, I'm reliving this moment. And so we get there. It's in a house in friggin' Ocala, Florida. So, which by the way, this meant I was alone the entire time in a hotel room by myself. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And so, we're sitting there and then we go, you know, like everyone gets ready. Then we go out and we had to wear different dresses too. So all the bridesmaids had one type of dress and then the two of us had different dresses. You were like the backup. We were, <laughs> but we still had to be in everything. So then they're like, we're going to go take photos. Now we go out, we take photos. We're starting to take photos and the bride goes, can you two get out of the pictures? <laughs> right. You were the backup. She kicked us out of the pictures, <laughs> but like we had to spend all day getting ready and paying for hair and makeup and paying for the stupid bridesmaid dress to then not be included in the pictures, but we had to stand there and watch them take pictures. And then on the actual ceremony time, we sat in the back. It was so weird. It was like you're an NFL practice squad player. Well, I felt- you have to do all the hard work during the week <laughs> and then you don't even get to dress up for the game. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. I, it was. I've never in my life experienced anything so strange. And I just did at the end of the day, Bianca and I were like, why did she even ask us? Like, we don't care. We would have rather just like been able to, you know, drink with the with with our significant others and had fun and not had to deal with all the BS that comes with the responsibility. So that was the last time I ever talked to her. Thank God. (sighs) Glad you were just going to mention that for a second. Sorry. Anyone that is a woman will empathize with me and probably I I hope no one else has that experience because it was terrible. Yeah, it was weird. Okay, so getting into the good stuff. First, we have to talk about... All of our stuff is good. Yeah. Well, first, actually, I want to talk about... I, I introduced you to the Bright Line. The Bright Line. I was like, line. there's the Bright Line. The yeah. death train. The and death like, train. what are you talking about? Yeah, so as we're driving to Miami, I'm like, can we do that? Like, couldn't we take that train, you know, that the cyclists all talk about, the Bright Line? And Chad's like, well, you know, it's super dangerous. It kills, like, a bunch of people. It's a high-speed train from Orlando to Miami. Yeah, 125 miles an hour at, at certain points is what it travels. Um... And so I'm like, what do you mean the death, the death train? So I Google it and it's literally like 40 people have been hit by this train and died. Yep. Now I will say that there's an article that digs into why every person, like how every person got hit by the train. Most of which they were just like walking and literally walking in front of the train. Yeah. Florida man. Yeah. They either are walking down the tracks or. Or drive. It it goes right. We're staying in Wynwood and it goes right by where we're staying. Yeah. It's just like, it just goes across the road. There's it's just not a, a lot tra- of, but you have to admit, there's not a lot of barricade. Like, it's not like Europe where you can't just walk across high-speed train tracks in Europe. But Here, a- we literally just roll our bikes across high-speed train tracks. But there's a guard gate that comes miles. down. So you have to run, you have to go around the gate. Yeah. And step but it's in easy front. to go around it. But what, That's what, the temptation for the Florida man. But wouldn't you just look and see if the train's coming? Well, I think they do. They think they're faster. That's what they said. 
they thought they were faster than the train or the car thought it was faster than the train and they I, I, I think this whole situation it's not the bright lines fault this is natural selection in my opinion yeah no it, it is like I mean, one article was like the girl was looking on her phone and had her headphones in and literally just like stepped in front of the train yeah because you're not paying attention like it that's would be natural like if selection. a high-speed train was going down the belt line so we get to miami we're staying in a nice airbnb in winwood this winwood is cool but it's because it's, it's all new and it's a lot of young people walking around a lot of Activity. But it's more like I feel like it's more business young people rather than like people bri- with jobs. Yeah, like yeah. Bri- Brickle, you're like looking around. It's like how do all these twenty something year olds afford their four thousand dollar a month apartment? Like I didn't, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's just like people partying constantly, and I'm not really in that phase of my life anymore. Yeah. Anyways, all all the neighborhoods are great. I mean, even like the the um, Art Deco area of Miami Beach is pretty cool. Um, I wouldn't want to live like South Beach, but the, the Art Deco area is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then we got see. here on Wednesday. So yeah, Thursday we did the Zeal versus Zeal ride. Time tri- team time trial Thursdays. Yeah. Which was maybe a mistake for me doing that. Um, because my Probably. legs were kind of sore after. But well, you said you weren't going to do it, but you got caught up in the fun of it. Well, it was so like it was so beautiful and. I don't know. I was so, so for relieved. our friends that don't live here, uh, Zeal's local cycling club, uh, now concept store and cafe, probably the best, uh, what it is the best and coolest place to go if you ride bikes yeah. uh, in Miami and they're, uh, they build a great community and we're, they're great friends of ours. And so they do a training program. It's a membership club, but they do a training program. They're very fortunate. We're very fortunate to have them let us participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we know Gunter, uh, and Enrique very well, and, and Victoria, Vic, uh, and they assign you based on your FTP, like yeah. watts per kilo, a group, and you do a effectively a twenty minute time trial uh, on Key Biscayne, uh, and then you take about ten minutes off, and they do another twenty minute time trial, ten minutes off, and another twenty minute time trial. So it's three twenty minute time trials. It was hard. Yeah, it's a good workout. It's like I had to dig really deep. Yeah. Michael and I did Don Pond Saturday too, which is three laps instead of one and a half. Mm-hmm. Really hard. And then I did the Nike Atlanta Run Club shakeout ride from the East Miami Hotel in Brickell. Uh, Nike Miami organized it. The global head coach of running for Nike, who apparently is like a celebrity, I didn't, I didn't really know. But anyways, he organized, also showed up and ran with us, um, which was pretty cool. Anyways, it was insane. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I think we had 97 athletes from the Atlanta Run Club come to the half marathon and marathon. Yeah, you messaged me and Michael and said, you need to come meet up with us after yeah. the ride. <laughs> and we rolled up and y'all were taking a picture and it looked like it looked like a thousand if it was. Well, because there, like, there was probably 100 of us and then like 50 to 100 Miami people too. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It was insane. Like, kind of blew me away to see that. Yeah, so it was I mean, it's just really cool. Like, what Atlanta run? I mean, shout out to to James, who really has he drives all the social media and drives all of the content and founded ARC, from what I understand. And I mean, shout out to him and the rest of the run leaders uh, for organizing all of this because it's pretty impressive. Nancy, Nicole, Tunde, like, kudos. Sorry if I missed anyone because there's a lot of run leaders, um, but. The organization that they and the effort they put into getting everyone to Atlanta. And what I'm always impressed with is how, so we have this app, Discord, that we use to communicate. It's called Discord. It's more of like a, I think it's like a video game gamer app, but we yeah. use it for Messenger this. App. 
And I'm always shocked at how nice, like, everyone is on the app to each other. Like, there's a lot of, so there's, I think there's like 2,000 people that are like on this app in the run club. Obviously, all 2,000 are not commenting all the time, but there's a lot of people and a lot of new people commenting constantly. And, you know, usually asking like the same questions that they can probably seek out the answer on their own, but like, you know, new people do. Uh, And there's never like a condescending, like, oh, you can go find that answer here. Like stop commenting every single time someone, whether it's like Nicole or Tunde or whoever, like someone just kindly answers again, the same answer. And I'm just always impressed because I feel like if it was cycling, they'd basically tell you to like eat dirt and go like, look, Google it yourself. (laughs) Well, just no one to respond. Yeah. I I mean, Michael and I were talking about like watching you guys. Well, first of all, very Atlanta of you all to pretend like rules and laws don't apply and then you just <laughs> uh, take over the entire street uh, and, and march through Brickle. <laughs> like the, the entire street uh, was all Atlanta people, if anyone saw uh, any stories about that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, but we were coming on how friendly and nice everyone was like the day before a race and how different that is from cycling. But I think that the, the conclusion we came to, though, is because in running – you don't have to worry about whether or not you're going to get severely injured at this event because of the stupidity of someone. Yeah. Else. There's not as much stress around, right. around the event. Right. Like it's, it's just whether or not I do well versus, yeah. you know, is this guy going to put me into a curb and I'm going to have a broken elbow, you know? Well, and, and you don't look at the people that you're running with as adversaries necessary yeah. necessarily. Like, but okay. I do agree that I just think that there's a much more positive, atmosphere before running races because there's just there's not as much stress you're not racing each other you're not looking at the other like i'm not looking at the other women as like my competitors it's more like we're all just here to support each other and run the race and you know there's something now i will say nicole she's one of the coaches of arc and she is an incredible athlete Uh, she did compete in the um elite group of runners with women so she she was lining up shoulder to shoulder with some serious athletes so shout out to her because she she did race a, a real race this yeah. weekend. She got fifth. Is that what you said? Yeah, she got fifth in the elite wow. women so for half marathon, which you know that's that's hard. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> that's hard. really hard. Um, so I thought that was cool that we had someone. I mean, I think she might have been one of the few Americans that were representing the elite women, and yeah, that's cool. she's from Atlanta, so that was cool. Um, but you know, outside of that, we're all just kind of running our own race at our own uh, own paces. So it was it was really great. I mean, just. I'm just amazed. And I don't even participate in like, they have so many events. I, I only participate in the shakeout run because we had, you know, the dogs and everything here, but. Did, um, uh, did you see any other city Atlanta, sorry, city run clubs that came from Atlanta? Like, like no, from any other cities that yeah. came like Yeah. Atlanta? I saw a ton. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Like what other cities? New York. Oh really? Yeah. There's some from New York. There was a whole group from Columbia. There was a whole group from, I feel like I saw like a Chicago group possibly. I definitely saw New York groups. I didn't see any other Atlanta groups. Like I didn't see Atlanta track club or anything. Yeah. Um, but they could have just, you know, not. Been so that's there. interesting too, how like run groups, clubs like that travel in such big groups yeah. to events. Yeah. I mean, there was like one of the girls in ARC told me they had rented a giant house and 20 people were staying there together. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's very much like a camaraderie type, you know, thing. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, we have 17 people going to steamboat, but that's unusual. Yeah, and we're but the difference is like we're all really close friends. Yeah. A lot of the run club like just meeting each other. Yeah, like they're kind of just meeting each other. No, I mean, there's some that are really close friends, but I would say the majority of people it's 
you're trying you're joining these clubs because you're trying to make new friends or you're trying to you know you just moved to the city um so it, it's not as like in the cycling like you have known people for a really long time it's kind of hard to break into a new group in cycling here it's just like people are so welcoming i'm it, it literally blows my mind okay so sunday we wake up at 4 a.m 4 a.m had to be the the race started at 6 a.m yep like rolling through the start line at 6 a.m so we went down there and Michael, so Michael flew down here from Austin for a couple of days to capture content. He's working for us uh, at Niche. He is like our social media content creator. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, he flew down here for a couple of days to, to really just like get content of zeal and riding bikes and running, um, all of that. It was a blast, but 20,000 people at the start line. 20,000 lifetime event. I was pretty pissed at lifetime um, at the start of this because I didn't get into Unbound and (laughs) they didn't send me an email like they promised they would. So I just had to, it's like a really cool thing that they do where they tell you you'll find out on the 25th. And so you just keep checking your email all day and then you never find out. That's really fun. So, but then I saw what they organized at this event and got less angry at them. 20,000 people. I was impressed by what they put on here. 20,000 yeah. people. It was insane. And I was in crowd like D, which was like 5,000 people back. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was so much fun. I, I actually got like super emotional at the start, but I didn't want to like show you and Michael that I was tearing up. Cause, really? Yeah. Cause well, cause it's like the, the amount of like energy I'm like getting teary. I just think about now the amount of like energy and hype and like how so many people are like, living their lives in this very like special moment that like you're not going to have that like even if you come back next year it's gonna be different you can never have that same moment again so to appreciate it i think is like such can be an emotional time mm. you know yeah even though we do events all the time it's i just kept thinking just appreciative and lucky to be yeah there. just so appreciative and like they did the national anthem which obviously you know i have strong feelings about that i think if you're in an event in america and you do not do the national anthem it makes me very upset. Um, so I appreciate that Lifetime does the national anthem at all of their events. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really cool. But then I was like, I got to recompose myself because I'm about to start running. And I can't be like crying going through the. See, I, w- I was just thinking about Red Dawn when their dad was in the uh, internment camp with the fence and they were talking to him through the fence. <laughs> He's like, my boys. I have no idea what it you're talking about. It was like the about. same scene to me. Like oh. I was on the outside. And you oh, because we were in the fence. Yeah. yeah they were- you were like enclosed yeah in a, in a giant fence. <laughs> it did feel like, like, like a like stampede a possible stampede situation yeah, like you're like like livestock yeah yeah it was a little <laughs> i was trying not to think about it they were super strict on the corrals it wasn't yeah. like in atlanta where you can kind of hop to different corrals it, they were like checking with a flashlight had multiple security guards like you could not get into a different corral it was very strict yeah i haven't done a lot of these races so maybe that's the case at most cities just not in atlanta but it was very strict so you took off and your strategy was to run slow, <sighs> which you regret now. Yeah. Um, thanks to all of your multiple coaches. Yeah, everyone free, said your free everyone coaches. said, you know, just pace yourself, run go out, go out slower than you want. Slow so slow that you you feel like it's too slow. So well, and also I started with the 145 pace group, which is fine. Except the 145 pace group is supposed to be doing an 801 minute per mile pace and for the first three miles we were doing like a seven minute 30 seven thirty the bridge yeah so i was the like the only climb of the day. yeah so three miles in, i was like what are we doing like why i 
it was really frustrating. So I just dropped myself from that, dropped back from that group. Cause I, again, like considering what happened at Thanksgiving where I just like went out as hard as possible and then blew up and fell apart. Um, I was like, well, I don't want to do that again. But then I tried to pace myself and I still kind of like started falling apart around the same place that I fell apart at the last race. So I'm like, I might as well just go out as hard as possible and then just w- wait till that moment where the, everything implodes. Yeah. And basically that just That was crawl. your post-race debrief was you might as well just send it. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well just send it. I also think holding myself back put me in like a weird mental place where I wasn't as excited. Like I wasn't- like, a, When is this going to work? Yes. I was- Yeah. Because <laughs> I kept thinking to myself like, well, I'm still not exact- like, I'm not really not in pain. So why am I just run? Why don't I just run faster? (laughs) You know? And what was weird is even though there was less climbing, my running power and effort pace was still more than Atlanta. I think because it was flat. So I was like, essentially what we say, like we're like on the pedals more in cycling because there was no real downhills. So there was never a time to kind of run faster without putting, by putting less effort. It was kind of just putting the same effort the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, like my riding here, my normalized power is way higher than it would be riding in Atlanta yeah, for the you, same amount of time. It's because we have to stay on it always. Yeah. 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 So you don't have like the same pains, like the hills are painful, but then you always have a downhill, which is yeah. nice. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. And then my heart rate was just like, it was pretty hot. It ended up being pretty hot the morning of. Yeah. So my heart rate, my average heart rate was like 175, Yeah. which is pretty high. Um, but yeah, I didn't hit my goal time, so I was a little disappointed, but, um, I, I heard from a lot of people that they, that it wasn't just me. There was a bunch of people that were like way off their goal time. So I don't know if it was like the heat that just got to everyone or, um, it was the, hot. the course, but it was, it felt hard. It felt like a really hard race. It was windy too. Like it was it, really windy. You're not really selling this. You were selling it. Now you're telling No, no, no. I'm just saying in, anticipate that it, it's beautiful. But it is hard. It's harder. Yeah. I thought it would be easier because it was flat, but I don't actually think it was easier. I think I thought it was harder. Wow. Okay. But again, it could have just, I could have had tired legs. Who knows? You know, every, your body doesn't show up to every race the same. You did team time trial on Thursday. So. Yeah, I did team try. But you know, I still, I, I, I did fine. I'm okay with my I time. You did great. Yeah. So. You should be proud of it. Yeah. No. I'm, I mean, I know you're disappointed, but. No, I, but I'm just happy that I'm happy that I was able to be here because it really was an amazing experience. Yeah. And the crowds, it was so cool. I mean, the crowd, and I know you want to talk about this, but like the crowd, especially like that mile 11 coming back on Venetian Bridge where we saw you. Oh, wait, Michael and I rented city bikes and we saw Nikki. They they basically rode next to me the entire race. Uh, Not, no, we (laughs) purposely did not do that. We just would jump ahead on the course to see you again. Uh, But that mile 11 to all the way through where Nike had that corner. Yeah. Like in terms of the party corner, partying and like, uh, activation brand activation which we're keeping an eye out for like i thought they did pretty awesome yeah i mean i think nike nike just blew it out of the water again i don't know all like the brand relationships and partnerships and all that stuff with lifetime but nike was the only brand that i saw that had a true on course activation um I think my Hoka might have had like something, but it didn't stand out to me. Nike had a bus that they had like transformed into like a DJ station and they were like handing out shirts and water. I mean, it was just a total confetti, confetti like music blasting. Bo- yeah, you know, fog horns. Like, I mean, they had they had everything. We actually went back there. Yeah. After you finished just to hang out and 
Yeah, I mean Nike just Nike, Nike blew it all the water. Everyone knows how much I love Nike. Shout out to they, Brett. They they uh, two of the girls working for Nike interviewed me for some video, but I don't know how to find it. So if anyone sees a random video with me yeah. being interviewed about my Nike shoes, let me know. Yeah. Um, but it was really fun. I think Nike killed it from a brand perspective this weekend. I saw more Nikes than any other shoe. Definitely. Hands down, more Nikes than anything else. Yeah. Uh, so also shout out to my friend Elise. Uh, she's the founder and owner of Trace Pinas, which is a brand here based in Miami, but um, they, I mean, people from all over the world wear the brand. And it start when I first met Elise in 2017, she was starting the brand by selling um, hats with the brand on it. And just to like kind of experiment, see like if she could build up this brand and, you know, transport to 2024. She now has a massive booth at the expo in Miami with it's crazy. You know, kits, running short. It's all, so it's three pineapples because it's supposed to be swimming, biking, running, like uh, triathlon. Yeah. Which is what Elise primarily used to do. Um, but now it's a running triathlon cycling brand. It's everything, yeah. yeah. And so I would say that we I saw more Tres Piñas, people wearing the shorts in the sports bras and the 100%. tops than any other brand on yeah. the. I mean, I was looking for your pink Tres Piñas visor. Yeah. And I kept thinking it was you because there were so many of them. I know. I was yeah. I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to wear this bright pink visor and I'll stand out. Like then I show up and I'm like the sea of bright pink visors. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. Um, but thank you. She gave me a really cool outfit at the expo. Her and her husband, Tim, hooked me up. Um, so thank you so much. It was really, really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, every, there was just, it was amazing. I mean, I definitely recommend anyone doing the half or the full if that's what you're into. I'm, when I got to the turnoff point where people were, breaking off to do the full i literally cannot imagine doing the full but um you know it was an amazing event good job lifetime and the metal is so cool it's like a spinning death star yeah it's it's uh it's like a a fidget spinner yeah like a fidget spinner but like or you know those rims in atlanta where like people are driving down edgewood and like the rims spin yeah but yeah that's what it looks like yeah it's really cool it's a it's a cool they didn't they didn't skimp on the uh the metal no uh but don't check it or don't uh try and take it through security because it will get taken away multiple people on the arc discord channel no. all posted about how they got all theirs taken away no yeah even though but i will say i mean I, I they could not have put more messages out saying do not take the medals through security at the airport they will take them away please check them in their back i mean they sent out emails they sent out it's on the website Dang. arc sent out multiple reminders so i'm like if you try to bring your medal on like that's your own fault yeah then you don't really care the first thing you when you log on the miami marathon it literally says don't take your (laughs) don't take your medals through security so brutal yeah so good job lifetime even though you uh screwed me on uh unbound you did a great job putting on the miami oh i I bet they're two different like groups that do the running versus cycling that's my guess probably yeah you asked me like we were wondering that company because they're public now uh how big they are they're two point they're gonna be 2.5 billion dollar company in 2023 only 3% of their revenues come for event, from events. Mm. 3%. That's crazy. Yeah. But they put on these giant events. But I, but think about the brand recognition because yeah. you go to the one of these events and then what do you do? You join the Lifetime Gym. That's I think that's the strategy you know? is like they, they're really positioning as a premium. Well, brand. and I saw something around if you were like a Lifetime member, you had like VIP access to things too. Yep. So I, I don't know because they don't have a Lifetime Fitness near us. They're, the closest one is in Buckhead. But um, I, I bet if... I were a lifetime member, I would have gotten into Unbound. Okay. <laughs> and then before we close out, because um, I think we're getting towards the end, we have some great guests coming up that we're really excited about. 
But that's all we have for you today. It was a great weekend. And thank you, Chad and Michael, for supporting me and waking up at uh, 4 a.m. when you didn't have to because I, you know, and, and riding your bikes along along the different uh, channels. We're happy to do it. It's, we're here in paradise, so it's easy to wake up early. That's the great thing. And we were just talking to Gunter about this. The great thing about the Miami life is they work out at 6 in the morning. You're done by 8, 8.30, 9. And it's like your whole day is still ahead of you. Yeah. You it's, can, it's amazing. I mean, and, and that's the thing is you can get like 50 miles in before 8.30. And watch the sunrise. And watch the sunrise. And then you're just at work. At, you know, you're ready for work <laughs> at 9. Like it's, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. That, the, but it's the, the, the weird dichotomy of they only have really one place to ride. Yeah. So it's like this weird, I don't know what you call that. Um, I feel like it's like a, a Greek tragedy. I'm going to have to look this up for the next the episode. tragedy. Yeah, because you have this like the greatness of it. Oh, but, but you're like you're, trapped. But then you're like trapped and tortured in it because you can only go to one place, which is I think that's game. like purgatory. Is that but purgatory? I don't think purgatory is fun. Oh, okay. we got to figure out what this is. Okay, okay. I'm gonna, th- well, this is my challenge for the next episode. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, this is the end of this episode. Are you going to like do Bad Bunny or something to close us out? Yeah, I'll, I'll find someone. I don't know if Bad Bunny's Miami based. I think, I think he's Puerto Rican. Oh, I think he lives here. Is he, well, I might live here, but we need to find like a Miami artist. Oh, okay. So, yeah. uh, Gloria Bienvenidos. That's welcome. Oh, uh, hasta luego. Oh, yep. That's goodbye. <laughs> and we will talk to you all next time. Come on, shake your body, baby. Do that conga. No, you can't control yourself any longer.